You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hello, thank you for joining me for episode 220 of the Blended Family Podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Today you're going to hear a recording that we did, I guess it was about a week ago with another listener who's co-hosted with me before. Her name is Carrie. She's wonderful. And we decided to hop on and record an episode for our listeners. She's got her own podcast as well, just to talk about this COVID-19 and everything that's going on and share some tips with you on how we're both dealing with that, as well as um, if you go to our private Facebook group at blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group. You will find uh, my husband and I did a Facebook Live last week just talking about some tips as well. So you'll hear that interview in just a minute. And I just wanted to share before we get to that what's been going on in my life because it's been crazy as well as it's been for all of you. Wherever you are in the world, you are dealing with COVID-19. It is a worldwide pandemic. And I know we've been talking about this for the last few weeks and it is getting worse and worse. Where I am in Florida, it is starting to get really, really bad. Um, We are expecting an uptick this week and next. And I don't know how long after that, because over spring break, we had a lot of spring breakers here and refusing to stay off of the beaches. And so it's been very difficult. Of course, Disney's been shut down and a lot of restaurants have been doing takeout only, but I know that it's getting bad here. My family up in New York, it's very bad up there. Actually, it's the worst there um, out of everywhere in the U.S., so I'm very worried about my family. I'm worried about all of you. Um, What's happened this week for us that is unusual is that we had to actually shut down our cleaning business. And that was a really difficult day for me. It was Friday. We found out we were on stay-at-home order which obviously I am not an essential business, even though we are in cleaning, we're not cleaning offices or anything like that. We're just doing residential. And as much as some of our clients might still allow us to come, it has become a risk. You know, it's risky for us to transfer stuff to our clients and put them in danger and also risky for us to be cleaning in other people's homes. So it was very bittersweet. As many of you know, I've been talking about this for years, how We want to transition out of the cleaning business and up to this point, we haven't been able to, and there's just a lot of responsibilities here. And so this kind of put us in a forced position that we we really had no choice. We had to shut down. Now, whether we're going to stay shut down or not, I don't quite yet know. Our income just completely went away suddenly from that business. Um, So that's going to be really tough to deal with at this point. I know everyone is dealing with the financial stress of this virus and what it's doing. I know some of you still work. Some of you are in limited work. Some of you are working from home. We can work our financial company and this podcast from home, which is great. But as you know, I haven't really monetized the podcast yet because I haven't had time to create content. So guess what? Sean and I are doing a complete refocus this week. Now that we're home and we're going to have time to do the things that 
we have prayed and begged to have the time to do. We're looking at this like it is happening for us, not to us. And so we are going to get busy creating content for you. We have several things in mind, so we are going to get to work on that. You can expect that these podcasts are going to be coming at you on a more regular basis, which I'm really excited to say. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of good things coming, uh, despite the bad things, despite the fear and the stress, there's a lot of good coming. So you will see, I'm going to do everything I can also to help you guys and to be current with everything that's going on. So that's all I have to say today. I will be doing more Facebook lives as well. So if you want to see me on Facebook live and some video content uh, and my husband, and we're going to be having some candid conversations coming up, please make sure you join us in the Facebook group. I don't think I'm going to be putting these on the regular podcast page. We don't have as much activity there. It's really just a status update. So make sure you come and join us in the Facebook group. Again, that is blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group. Come and see us over there. We'll be posting video content. There might be a YouTube channel coming. I don't know. We're really tossing around a lot of ideas right now. If you have friends that you can refer to the podcast, please share this with them. We are all struggling right now, especially blended families, right? We always have it a little bit harder than everybody else. And I can't even imagine what some of you are dealing with right now, having so many kids at home. I have to say I'm thankful my kids are a little bit older. But anyway, I will let you guys get to the interview. Um, please share and rate and review the podcast, blendedfamilypodcast.com slash iTunes. Don't forget, you can schedule a time with me, blendedfamilypodcast.com slash schedule. All of the links are always in the show notes for you. I love you guys so much. Please enjoy this special COVID-19 episode that my friend Carrie and I did, and we'll see you guys next week. Stay safe, stay well. <laughs> Hello, and thank you for joining us for this special COVID-19 podcast. I am Melissa Brown, the host of the Blended Family Podcast, where I put out a show every week to help blended families with their struggles. And hello, I am Carrie Hartman with the Girlfriend's Guide to Blending Families podcast. And we're super excited to give you guys a little co-hosted special edition on COVID-19 and how we're all managing with our blended families. Yeah, so this is really exciting, and we definitely have a lot to talk about. And you know, I had been waiting to put out something like this because I think wishful thinking, I really thought things were going to calm down and weren't going to get as bad as they are. But obviously, as we're progressing here, things seem to be getting worse. And I don't know about you, Carrie, but I'm getting a lot of emails from people that are questioning, what do I do? How do I manage my blended family? Because you know, there's a lot out there on the news, but there's nothing blended family focused. I can't believe it. And so there's a lot of us just wondering, what do we do? I agree. And I, you know, I see a lot of questions as well about, well, you know, what are you doing? And I even got some um, text messages from my friends asking me what I'm doing because it's such a great area. It's a new experience for all of us. Um, and obviously all of us are under this social distancing, right? So we've all been put this term out there. So I th thought we could kind of just start with what is social distancing by definition. So basically what it's been defined as is it's a set of non-pharmaceutical interventions or measures taken to prevent the spread of contagious disease by maintaining a physical distance between people and reducing the number of times you come in contact. So the recommended right now is six feet. 
which I don't know about you, but like walking down the street with my friend or something six feet apart feels super awkward. (laughs) Are you, are you still seeing friends? Because that's another thing they're telling you, do not visit friends. Oh, and by the way, we should probably let the listeners know where we are in the world. So I am down in Florida right now where it is probably the lower, I guess, if you look at cases, we're not skyrocketed just yet, but we are about to be because we just had spring break last week and nobody was listening. They were not practicing social distancing at all. And so, yeah, so down here in Florida, we are expecting a surge. What about you? So we're in New Jersey. And so we've kind of been doing this for, we're going on week three now. Um, and we haven't hit our peak yet. They're expecting like another 10 days or so. I would say for the most part, people are abiding by it. I actually ran into CVS after work yesterday and they have giant, um, plastic curtains basically up over the registers and at the pharmacy trying to protect the workers. Um, definitely less cars on the road. And to answer your question, no, I haven't been seeing my girlfriends. We tried in the very beginning and it was just like, you know, you're kind of yelling at each other to try to talk from six feet apart. So we have been doing virtual like Zoom calls with each other once in a while, which is really fun. Yeah. So the one good thing about all of us is that we have blended families. And so we don't have the worry of being alone. I tell you, I talked to my mom. She's up in New York, which is one of the worst areas right now. And she's alone. All she has is her cat. And so you think, well, thank goodness I have family, right? Well, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) They're talking after this thing. There's the divorce rate is going to skyrocket. And why? Because we are not used to being all on top of each other. And now there are a lot of us. And I tell you, Carrie, a couple of weeks ago, I saw a meme and it was so funny on Facebook, people talking about, oh, what if we pretend that we have it? And just so we can go away, like, what are you telling me? I can have two weeks away from everybody with <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, and the other thing I've been hearing is what about the baby boom that's going to happen in January? Yes, all kinds of names for the, the coronials. I heard. Um, I heard a lot of funny things about that. So yeah, so social distancing means basically stay home, even though people are not abiding by it. What do you think? What are you? You're seeing most people abiding by it in New Jersey, but you guys got hit a little quicker than we have. So. We have not seen anybody abiding here, um, although this week it seems that people are taking it a little bit more seriously as the numbers are growing. Um, so let's talk about the kids, I guess. I, what about your kids? How are they dealing with it? Um, I would say good. I mean, obviously, they're kind of excited that they don't have school. They're, they're getting into a routine with the schoolwork, although... For us in New Jersey, we had like the first two weeks of classwork printed out and given to them. So it was just paperwork. And now starting this week, we're all online and trying to figure out Google Classrooms for four different kids. And it's um, a little bit hectic. And, you know, in my family, I have a kindergartner who doesn't know how to do that, can't do it himself. Um, And then my second and third grader can kind of do it, although it's new to them. Once I show them, they can go along, but they still need, you know, daily instruction and how to. Um, and then our seventh grader does it all herself. Um, so that's a lot on the school front side, but I think emotionally, it's like you said, a lot of people in the house all at one time, all the time. 
<laughs> so there's definitely like high tensions, myself included. <laughs> yeah, I know. How about for you guys? So we, well, it's, so we're in a little bit of a different situation because our kids are a little bit older and we have teenagers. So, and I, I get it. I do feel for all of the parents with young ones because I definitely think that it's harder to be suddenly have to be the teacher and not ever have a break, not ever, ever have a break from your kids going to school or being able to get a babysitter. So I understand for us, we have teenagers, so we are we're still not at the sweet spot, right? Because it's not like we're alone in the house. We look at all of our friends that are alone with no kids and we're so <laughs> jealous right now. But, um, having the teenagers, you know, the difficulty, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show, um, just some different things that you deal with with teenagers. But emotionally, everybody's doing okay, but everyone is very frustrated very tense, very bored. Um, we don't have a family that likes to sit around. Our family is very, very active. We live here in Florida. There's a lot going on and nobody likes to sit still. So being told that you have to stay indoors is very difficult. Um, it's also very hot here though. So I think that's helpful for us, I guess. Um, but the most difficult thing is keeping everybody to not want to go see anybody else. And I know for teenagers, that's just as difficult as for young ones because they want to see their friends. It is. And I, you know, we were just kind of clear right from the beginning, like no play dates. And I, you know, we had a thought that we were going to have an adult play date and like have some friends come down. And then we both kind of said, wait, we we're telling the kids no play dates. Like that means we can't have play dates either. Even though, you know, in the very beginning of this, we were thinking, you know, we almost did it because we felt like, okay, well, we're all going to wash our hands. We're not going to hug and kiss. Like we can maintain like a, a decent distance, but we ultimately, you know, decided not to, because regardless, you're in, bringing another household into yours. Um, so that's kind of been the rule, like no play dates for the kids or the adults. We do actually have a babysitter that's been coming. Um, she's a close friend of the family. She lives just with her dad. Um, and she was here before all this started visiting with my daughter. So we kind of just said like, she's got to be part of the mix. Cause my husband and I are both working and I can't work from home all the time. So we do have her coming in, but you know, she's assured us that she's practicing good policies and trying to maintain the social distancing too. So I've got to bring this up because this is a perfect point of the conversation that we're talking about no play dates, right? No kids or adults, but what do you do? Because this is happening to me, um, even though my kids don't have play dates, but um, what do you do when at the other home, at your ex's home, they are allowed to have the person over? They're allowed to have the play date. They're allowed to have their boyfriend or girlfriend over because this is, I know this is happening in a lot of homes right now because we all know that we can only control what goes on in our own house and not our ex's house. So have you heard of the, is this happening among your friends too, Carrie? Oh, absolutely. It's happening to us. Um, my son is going back and forth with his dad and I, we're going to talk about that later on the podcast too, kind of like different ideas on how to do the back and forth with all this going on. Um, but for us, he's been going back and forth and at his dad's, as a two-year-old brother and a newborn brother was, I guess, like two or three months old. So my gut says that they're being responsible about it, right? Because they have a baby in the house and they're not going to be willy-nilly. But I also know my ex and I know that he is not, um, doesn't really buy into all this very much and probably is thinking it's no big deal. 
So my, my son called me from there the other day and said that, you know, their uncle so-and-so was over with his wife and the baby and all. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, and you know, a couple of days before that, the grandma and the other cousin was over and then the other two cousins were over. So, you know, that's like six households all in one, which then comes back to my house. Right. But like you said, I can't control that. It's, it's impossible. I'm finding, I mean, it it really is impossible to control for everybody and everything when they're not in your household. So in closing of the social distancing thing, what do you want people to know? I think we just have to take it seriously. Like, you know, you're in Florida, it's going to get worse. You can see by the whole spring break thing where people weren't abiding by it. That doesn't mean, you know, that there's a completely right answer. Like, will social distancing even work? You know, we're trusting that what they're telling us that, yes, it will help. I don't know that it's, it's, well, I do know that it's not going to stop it, but you know, we have to all do our part to do what's best because one of the best things I saw on Facebook, um, that they had posted was something like, listen, why don't people get like, the longer we don't do this, the longer we're going to have to do it. So I don't know about you, but like in the summertime, I would like to be able to go to the beach. And if we don't start doing this now, their beaches will be closed in the summer, which would stink. Yeah. It's just going to delay everything. And that's what people don't understand. If only some of us are participating, it is just going to delay the inevitable. And so let's just everybody try to get on board here. I know it's so hard, which kind of leads into the next topic we want to talk about today, which is being quarantined, specifically the blended family quarantine, because that's totally different, uh, right? Because we have different concerns, right? And so there's so many things. So let's kind of get into it. I know um, one of the biggest situations is that a lot of us parents are still working. We all haven't been put on stay-at-home orders. And even if some of us are, there are some of us that have essential businesses. Some of us are in the medical field. In fact, my ex-husband is married to a nurse. She's a nurse. She's out there in the field. She also has, she's immunocompromised, which so it's, it's double bad for her, right? But so she's coming home then and my two daughters live over there. So this is an, an issue, right? She's, but I'm also exposed, right? One of our businesses is that we clean homes. So we're being exposed and we also haven't been put on stay at home order. Although we have completely like we've knocked it way, way down and we're being extremely, extremely careful. But yeah, that's a huge issue about workers coming home as parents, bringing things into the house. And, um, additionally, adult children that are working. Now, I don't know, Carrie, about you, my kids, none of them are working right now. We had one that was working and she, it was at a Papa John's. So she had gotten laid off. So what about you? What's, what's the situation in your household? So, you know, my husband is completely working from home hundred percent. So that works out well, but you know, he can't work and watch four kids and do schoolwork with them. So that's why on the days where I have to go out of the house to work, I have the sitter coming in at least for a few hours to help out. Um, and then I'm going into work. My one, our one daughter works with me, so she's there, but she's actually not staying with us during the quarantine. She's quarantining with a friend and her parents. Um, yeah. We, you know, hymns and hauled over that decision a lot. But like you said, you know, they're, she's 18 and you know, assures us that they're staying home. They're not out gallivanting and partying, but she wants to be with her friend and not home with us. Um, so we did let her do that. 
Um, so she's, but she's going to work and bringing home, you know, we work in a pharmacy. We are not a retail pharmacy, so we don't have patients coming in, but there are about 30 of us that work there. So, you know, that's 30 people and all the people they're exposed to. Right. Um, but what are you, like, what are you guys doing for your teens and how are you kind of monitoring or, and remind me how old they are again? Yeah. So this is, this is becoming a really huge issue in our house. So our oldest is 20 and he's fine. He actually never, never leaves. He's always working on his music here out of the house and we kind of have to beg him to leave normally. So he's completely been quarantined, hasn't been exposed to anybody. So we're good there. In fact, we try to protect him a little bit because we know that he doesn't get a lot of exposure on a regular basis. Um, And then So my oldest daughter is now 19 and she does not live with us. And we're having a big, big problem with her because she, again, 18 thinks that nobody can control her. And I don't, I'm not able to make her rules because she lives with her dad and he's not really able to enforce. And so she's been going out, getting exposed to God knows what. And I've had so many conversations with her about this. She has not been over to my house and she knows that while she's out behaving that way, she's not going to be able to, but does it really matter, right? She's going back to my ex's house where my other daughter is and she's supposed to come over this Friday. So it really, again, if, if everybody's not careful, this becomes a huge issue. And then we have a, um, so then the two youngest ones are both 16. Uh, my husband's daughter and my daughter, both 16. One of them does live with us. She's been quarantined for the most part, but did go to her mom's this last weekend and ended up going out with a friend, even though it was against our better judgment, but she was over there. We couldn't do anything about it. And so she had a small exposure there, came back to us. And then my youngest um, is 16, lives at her dad's. And again, she's getting the exposure there from her sister and from her stepmom, who's the nurse. And then last, and this is the, this will give everyone a little bit of a giggle. My mother-in-law lives with us and always has lived with us. And she is immunocompromised. She has COPD. That's not the funny part. Um, But what is funny is she is like our fifth teenager. And she has been sneaking out to (laughs) And the crazy part about all of this is, is that we've actually canceled a lot of our cleaning jobs. And we've been, we've been doing everything we possibly can as a family to protect her because she's the at risk. And yet here we are. And she's sneaking out to stores and she's not good about like She's worse than the kids with touching her face and putting her fingers in her mouth. And where every time we turn around, she's doing something wrong. And I'm like, mom, you just touched that. And now you just touched your mouth. Like, what are you doing? And I swear we yell at her more than the kids. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, and, and I feel like you're almost in like this hopeless rat race circle because it, you can't control it all. So regardless, she's going to be at risk, but if she doesn't care, then maybe you don't like pull your hair out over it. Cause you're right. She's the one at risk. The kids are probably all fine. You guys are probably fine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things that you can, and she has a boyfriend too, by the way. And so she went over there, but I know he's been careful, but like here she was, she could have exposed him because she's in this house. It is almost, like I said, impossible to completely control. So my advice, and I'm sure Carrie, you'd probably agree, is just use common sense and use your best judgment that you can and understand there are things that are out of our control. And we're living in such fear right now, and I understand and it makes sense, but we have to just do what we can and 
just make sure the kids at least know to be very, very aware of, because I tell you what, I am now, I'm aware of how many times I touch my face and I've become so aware of it now, even with my phone and everything else. So just need to teach them and just really need to drill it into them. And a lot of them didn't believe it. That was another problem I, I saw with the teenagers. Maybe you have this too, is that they feel they're invincible from this part, partially because the initial news from Italy and everywhere was saying that they weren't as affected. Uh, that's not true anymore. But they also just have that attitude, right, of I'm invincible. It's not going to happen to me. And that's mostly a really difficult thing that we're finding is just getting them to understand the severity. And so if you have to show them YouTube videos, there's, there's all kinds of things coming out now. And yes, some of it is disturbing, but at least it might help them to understand that we are all at risk. Nobody, nobody is immune from this, you know, so we all need to be so careful. I agree hundred percent. You know, I think in that teenage time span, even early twenties, that's just normal, right? They're all self-absorbed. They all think everything can't happen to them and they're invincible. So adding this into that already normal dynamic of a teenager, young adult, um, showing them videos, talking to them, like, you know, it has to almost be shocking because they're not going to listen to the president speaking. They could care less. They're not going to listen to your governor speaking. They probably don't even know who that is. Um, but if you show them like, you know, people actually getting sick and dying, that may make an impact and it may not, you know, the best we can do is just to tell them, but I can tell you for us, like we've gone through so much hand sanitizer and so much soap. Like I've never refilled my soaps as much as I have been. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm normally pretty good about reminding the kids, you know, as soon as we walk in the door, wash your hands before you eat, wash your hands. So that's kind of normal for us, but I'm already, you know, being extra careful now. Um, but I just wanted to add too, we were at the pediatrician this morning for all three of them. And the doctor was kind of asking them and she was, she was really good. We've been going to her for years, love her. Um, but she was asking the kids what they know about it and trying to make sure they weren't scared because she's wearing a mask. And she told them that, you know, that this doesn't affect children. And I kind of like, you know, I don't want to correct the doctor. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, well, yes, it does. <laughs> like generally the kids don't get sick, but they carry it they can spread it like I just felt like her message wasn't you know great because just like you said this is the problem people are thinking oh well I'm fine it doesn't affect me yeah I mean and you know what it's crazy we could do a whole other hour on myths and you know try to squash them because there's so much wrong information out there but then again we all don't know what's right or wrong but I do know for a fact that there have been cases of children with it. Uh, in fact, there was just a baby, I think here in Orlando that might've had it. I'm not sure I, I could be wrong on that. Definitely a baby. I just don't know where it was located. Uh, but yes, it is very, very difficult. And let's talk about just on what you're talking about, the young ones, because we're talking about teenagers, but we haven't really talked about the young ones who might be feeling all kinds of fear right now. Now, I don't have the young ones in my house, but I'd love to ask you, Carrie, because you do, how are they handling it? And also, what do you need to do as a parent to make sure that you're staying calm enough so that you don't put too much fear into your little ones? It's funny. My mom actually brought this up to me the other day because my youngest was really, really clingy the other day, um, like literally attached to my side, wouldn't leave me. And that's not normal. 
Um, he's still, you know, five in my snuggle bug, but that was just extra for him. So I was kind of like kvetching to my mom about it a little bit. And she was like, maybe he's feeling insecure and scared about all this. Maybe, you know, he's worried about it, but just doesn't have the words to say it to you. And it kind of made me think like, wow, you know, that she's probably exactly right. Because we've been watching the news a little bit, but trying not to overwhelm them with it. Um, so I would say overall, they're fine. Like we're not making a big fuss. We watch the news and we're telling them, you know, hey, did you hear about that cruise ship? We told them about the Navy hospital ship that came so that they understand the severity, but we're not panicky people. So we're not giving them that impression. Um, and so far, I would say they're kind of just happy they don't have to go to school, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But. That's funny. My my kids couldn't wait to not have school. All they do is complain about school. And now that they're doing this online school, my daughter called hysterical crying yesterday, just all up in her emotions. She can't handle it. And I said, honey, it just started an hour ago. Like you just started. What do you mean? I said, you couldn't stand school. And she just, yeah. I said, well, I guess now we know that you cannot be homeschooled. They don't, they think it's going to be easy, but it's not. Um, and I think it's a lot more difficult even for the parents than the kids right now. I really, my heart goes out to all of the parents that have to now become provider and teacher, um, and not have a break. And so, uh, that I, I really do. I really do feel for all of those parents. Um, let's get into finances just a little bit because I know with the whole quarantine issue, we have a lot of financial concerns and we're not going to spend too much time on it. Um, I actually did a Facebook live on this with my husband over the weekend, which you can find if you join my Facebook group, which is blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group. But anyway, Financial concerns are huge because people aren't working. A lot of people have lost their job and people are panicking. And now we have to find a way, right? We have to pay child support in some cases. We have to put a roof over our head. We have to be able to eat and all without a job. And I know that has, we had lost mostly all of our income all at once from our one company. And so we know the pain of that. I mean, if we, we, we don't have any businesses or companies that we work for that we have a salary. So everything we, you know, we don't make money from the podcast. Um, and then we do have a finance company, but that is, you know, commission based obviously. And so we ran into the same problem and there are stimulus checks coming. And I just want to encourage everybody to find the go to your state's resource page there are loans, there are grants, people are working with you, evictions are halted, there are things going on and things that are set in place to help you. So you just need to reach out and I would be more than happy to help anybody. Um, if you just wanna email me, and by the way, you can get all my contact information right on the site, uh, blendedfamilypodcast.com, but I would be more than happy to help with any of your financial concerns moving forward. Uh, Carrie, do you have anything to add to that with the financial picture in your house? No, I think that that's awesome that you're able to help everybody and give some guidance. We are fortunate that we can both do a little bit of work from home. We're both in pharmacy. So, you know, we're considered essential and healthcare never goes away. So, um, I wanted to add to something you said earlier about, you know, the parents that are now being teachers too. And a huge shout out to our teachers because every day I've woken up saying, this is why I didn't become a teacher. Like, this yeah. is just not for me. Like God bless all those teachers that do this every day. I don't know how they manage, but, um, 
yeah. So thank you for the, you know, advice on the financial stuff. And I think that people can definitely get some guidance and advice from you. Do you want to move on to kind of how some ideas on how we're managing this whole process? Definitely. Yes, please take it away. So I, we, like I said, my one girlfriend had reached out asking me, cause I guess, you know, she's the, I'm the person she knows that has the most of the back and forth with the blending, um, on how we are doing it. And so she was trying to keep her, she has three kids with her ex and then her now husband has a couple with his ex and they have one together. So kind of similar to ours, his mind and ours, um, and trying to, she wanted to keep everybody in their home because like similar to you, the stepmom is a nurse and is out in the workforce and, you know, she was just nervous about the baby. And I think adding, you know, a newborn or an elderly parent or something obviously makes everybody more alert and more cautious with all of this. But some ideas on how to manage this are, you know, one could be keeping all the kids in one home and just doing, you know, FaceTime and that kind of thing, not doing the back and forth. What are your thoughts on that? So my thoughts on this, it's very, this is a very difficult situation and decision. And so I, I think that's a very responsible decision. However, I can imagine that there might be some pushback for many ways, right? The parent, maybe the parent that doesn't get to see the child is happy or not about it, right? So some parents would be very happy right now to not have to do the child care. There are some parents that would wish to have the option to do the childcare. Um, there's some parents that don't want all that responsibility thrown on them. And so I think it's a very, very difficult situation. But that being said, if you do find that at one house there is exposure, you cannot willingly send the child there. I mean, I, I think it's difficult in some cases to tell a parent they can't see their child, uh, but these, these are very, um, just very different circumstances that we're, that we're dealing with right now. So this, we can't maybe do everything as normal or as we wish to. Um, I think that it could work, Carrie, but I think that I don't, I personally don't know how many parents would like that for various reasons, if you know what I mean. I agree completely, Melissa. And even, you know, for myself, like I gave this some thought, would I be willing to do it? And I kind of, said to myself, no. And I also, so I wouldn't be willing to let them all go to the other houses. And I also don't think that the other parents would be willing to not see them if I made them stay here. Right. Uh, so, you know, I think it also requires like flexibility and a certain type of relationship with all the other parents in the picture. So obviously if you're not amicable with the exes, this would never even be an option because I can't even imagine telling, you know, my girl's mom that she can't have them. Like she would flip out and go to the police and be knocking at our door. You know what I mean? So I don't know that that's a viable option, but like you said, for some families, it might work. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, and the issue of what you're talking about is the back and forth, which is what most of us, I think are going to end up doing at least for the time being, we're going to try to keep to our regular schedules as much as we can, but then we do have other issues that we need to worry about. Like what is going on at the other house? Like in my specific situation, and there's nothing wrong with my ex-husband or his house. I just know that my daughter's been allowed to have her boyfriend over and my other daughter's been allowed to come and go as she pleases. And so 
how do you know if the other house is practicing um, strict rules? And also, and it, this is not the case in my situation, but there are some households, some blended families where maybe uh, things are not cleanly at the other home. Or, I mean, there's all sorts of things that could be going on, other parents at other houses being exposed, and you know that. So how do we mitigate that? Um, I think for, for my part, I would just say you really need to teach some of these sanitation things to your children, right? They should know how you feel. We just talked about this. They should know that it's important to wash their hands, and you should be talking to them about this, and even before they go over for a visit. Um, and like you said, Carrie, I think it's really good if you can have some communication, maybe not to what we were just saying about having the kids not have visitation, but maybe we can have some communication at least about, hey, there's this virus going around. Because I know I just did this with my ex-husband. Hey, there's a virus. Like, what are you doing at your house to be careful? And here's what I'm doing. And how about we like try to be communicative with each other? I'll let you know if I've been exposed. Please let me know if you've been exposed and let's try to work this out. Um, I think is as much as you could possibly do. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I know I'm fortunate. So my ex and I get along just fine. But even, um, you know, this past weekend, like, as I mentioned that my son was there and they were having other extended family. And I actually messaged him and I said, listen, like, I understand that you guys are being careful because of the baby. I said, but you've had like three different households over and you're exposing our son who's now going to come back to my house. And, you know, and he didn't dismiss it. And he said, you're right. He's like, but you know, we made sure that they were, you know, doing social distancing and staying home. And I just kind of felt like I just, I don't know, just stop thinking about it because it's not something I can control. So I just said, you know what? Like I I said my piece, I told him how I felt about it. Um, but then he brings my son home yesterday and notices that the babysitter's here. So he calls me right up and he's like, so I don't think that babysitter is like a normal part of your family, is she? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so what do I say now? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Right. It's hard. You almost feel defeated sometimes by it all. And I can imagine that everybody really feels that way. Um, it's just a very unsettling feeling. And we all have not been given exact directions and we know how humans are. We need to be told what to do sometimes and we're not being told. And so we're just all kind of confused. You're right. Like we said, it's kind of gray area. It's all new to us. Um, one of the other ideas that we were talking about was to kind of not making the children stay in one home, but trying to reduce the back and forth. So we had done this with our one daughter this week. So normally her mom would come get her on Tuesdays for a few hours and then she'd go every other weekend. So we said, rather than having go like up and back, up and back, why don't you just get her to keep her for the week? Um, so she just came home on Sunday and that seemed to work out pretty well. So at least it's kind of like a full week and a full week rather than being, you know, a couple times a day because her mom also works in a pharmacy. So there's exposure there as well. Um, I've heard some other people do like seven on seven off, like just weekends, um, 14 on and off. What do you think if you had to pick one, what would you think would work the best? Uh, I think this is a great idea. I'm so glad that you brought this up. I think that it can really help a lot of people. I was actually, one of my coaching clients was telling me that they had a day on day off change schedule, which 
you know, oh, is just insanity. And, and she knows, you know, it is for her too. And then they just changed it to an every other day switch, which is still just crazy, especially in times like this. So yeah, for me, I think a seven day is good for two weeks is a long time. I think, um, at one house, if possible, if you could do, I think seven on and seven off is a great idea. And also just again, working with the other parent and being flexible to know that if changes happen, that you have to work together. You just have to. Right. And I agree with you. I think that's my preferred too, because the one that I was looking at with, you know, weekdays with one house and weekends isn't quite fair to the weekend person or either way you look at it because one's doing all the schoolwork, right. Depending on the age of the kids. Um, if they're adult children or teenagers, then not as big of a factor, but if it's the younger one, you know, one parent or one household is doing all the schoolwork and the other one's watching movies all weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, thank God for technology in this day and age. If this would have happened a long time ago, it would have been a lot more painful for all of us to not be able to see our child, even just in a, just a regular blended family situation, right? When we don't see our child for a week or for a few days, it's nice that we at least have FaceTime and we can see our loved ones face to face. I think that that is huge, especially in this time of social distancing. So thank goodness we have that. Yes, I completely agree. I couldn't imagine like not, you know, you can still hear their voice on the phone, but not being able to see them at all would definitely um, make it harder. And, you know, one of the things, you know, with the being out of control and feeling this lack of ability to know what happens at one house or the other and just FaceTiming and seeing their face, it just gives you that peace of mind more so than a phone call, I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I guess I think one of the best things that we could do is just try to continue on as normal as we can keep things as normal as we can for not only for ourselves, but for our children, because, you know, they are creatures of structure and routine. And that's why we all feel very unsettled right now, because we're all out of our routine. And so um, would you agree just to try to continue with the parenting plan as much as you possibly can? I think so. Like I said, with my son, we are basically doing our regular. We really haven't adjusted anything yet. Um, he stayed a couple of extra days, really more just because we're not, we don't have school and his dad is working from home. So um, it really didn't matter that he was home, you know, at Sunday at a specific time. Um, so we're kind of doing a little bit of both in our house and just hoping that both parents are the other parents are following the same hygiene rules and staying home. And so far it seems like that other than, you know, the extra guests. So I think, you know, ultimately you have to just do what's best for your family and every family situation is going to be different. Your interactions with the other parents is going to be different. So, you know, I guess the best we can suggest to everybody is to follow the guidelines, do the social distancing, if there's a really major concern that, you know, one parent works in the ICU at a huge hospital in New York City and you have a newborn at home, maybe you want to reduce that. And that's like, you know, more essential. Um, and honestly, I think even in your house, because of your mother-in-law like that would, I would want to reduce the exposure there too. Um, but I guess if she's sneaking out on her own, I don't know. <laughs> Well, we took, we took the car keys away at this point. 
Um, from she both like the, teenage daughter, the teenage daughter doesn't have the car keys, nor does grandma. And that's what we had to do. They have to ask us for the keys and we have to know where they're going. Um, but yeah, it is, you're, you're absolutely correct. I think just do what you can to use as much common sense as possible. And, um, and yeah. And then, uh, were you done with your part there, Carrie? Yep. I was just going to flip it to you and say, you know, what would be your, you know, the best thing that you had mentioned earlier, just kind of like, don't panic. Right. And just kind of continue on as normally as possible in the light of everything that's going on. And of course, be aware of it and make sure your children and families aware of it. Absolutely. You know, it is very hard not to panic right now. We are living in fear. Um, that's why you see the toilet paper running out. That's why you see the food running out. People are just living in fear and scarcity and they don't know what to do. And so it's really important to remember that we can all get very angry right now. We can get very upset, but this is really a time to come together as one. And just, this is really, a lot of people might not like what I say, but I always tell people to look for the silver lining and some people would say, but Melissa, there is no silver lining. This people are dying. And I do understand that. But every adversity has a gift if you look for it. And so I just want to invite you to look for yours. And what I mean by that is that situations like this can sometimes point out what is right or wrong in our life and urge us to make a change. I know for myself, I have been praying for time off. I've been working like a dog. And so sometimes I say, gosh, I just wish I had time to focus on my podcast or to focus on my other company, or I wish I had time to clean out my clutter, whatever it might be. Um, this is an opportunity for that. And so I'm trying to look at it and say, okay, maybe this didn't come in the way that I wanted it to. I know there's a lot of people out there that might be unhappy for various reasons. Listen, hey, you're going to find out what's wrong in your blended family and what's right. This is going to expose things for you and for your family. This is going to be a huge shift in our universe, in our families, in our economy, in our businesses. So I just want to invite you to, to try to look at this situation and say, no matter what, there will be positive things that come out of this situation. There just will be. And how calm can I stay? Because getting frantic, and believe me, I've stepped into fear. I've had a moment of panic last week for a little bit, but I try to get myself centered again because I know that everything's going to be okay. And we have to stay calm, not just for us, but for our kids because they're watching us and we have to be a role model for them to show them like no matter what happens, we can stay calm and we can stay connected in this. And also, of course, if we let our fear take over us, our resistance goes down and that just invites that virus to attack us, right? So you have to stay healthy and that is by avoiding stress and avoiding anxiety as much as you can. And so my advice is take this time to meditate, take this time to do some self-care, to connect with your family, to try to bond with your kids and your stepkids and understand that this too shall pass. This is only temporary. So that is my advice. Um, has this helped you shift your perspective at all, Carrie? You know, I'm so glad that you mentioned that you had a brief moment of panic because um, two Mondays ago, I was literally crying at work in the morning. And that's not like me. I'm not usually like a panicky person. And I just felt super overwhelmed with all of it because 
I'm a planner and I need to know what's happening. And there just was no answer. So I didn't know where I was going to work. If I was going to be able to work, could I work from home? Did, what was I doing with my kids? Like there's just so many things up in the air and it just was overwhelming to me. Um, so I, you know, I got up and I went to work and I was just in tears because, you know, my kids were at home and I didn't know, like my husband was here, but he had to work too. And it was just super stressful. So thank you for sharing that because I look at you as a very like put together, organized, super confident woman. And to know that, you know, it's normal and we all have these moments made me personally feel better. So thank you. <laughs> um, and I, I would say as far as the silver lining and the perspective, yes, absolutely. Because, you know, as much as I complain that being a teacher is not my thing and that it's overwhelming, I am super thankful that I'm getting this time with all of them. You know, a lot of times we go get into the summer, we count how many summer days we have because, you know, that's all we're going to have with the kids before they go back to school. Or we count how many Saturdays there are while they're little before they don't want to spend time with us anymore. So I think as parents, as a parent of littler kids, I definitely like enjoying, we're doing family game nights more, we're watching movies and I'm coming up with more crafts and definitely a lot more quality time that, you know, if you think about all the nurses and doctors and frontline essential healthcare, they're working overtime, double time, triple time now and not getting that with their children. So I think for a lot of the parents that will probably be listening to this and with a blended family, as stressful as it is. If we can all kind of shift our perspective and just be grateful and feel blessed that we get this time with the kids because we normally wouldn't get it, right? That's right. Life is so busy. And we all know with blended families, we are busier than most families. And so how many times, listeners, how many times have you begged for just time to calm down, right? Calm down from the chaos, calm down from the activities. This is your time. This is your time to just pivot, refocus, do whatever it is that you need to do for yourself and your family. Carrie and I are here for you as support. And as things progress, maybe we'll do another show. I don't know. Carrie, um, I've enjoyed having you so much uh, in this conversation with me because it's so nice to get to talk to another parent in a blended family. And so this has been a real pleasure. Um, let me just tell everybody how to find me. Again, my name is Melissa Brown, host of the Blended Family Podcast at blendedfamilypodcast.com. And you can find all of my information there. Carrie? And it was equally as fun talking with you. And I hope we gave our listeners some good perspectives and maybe some advice that they can follow. And if nothing else, a good laugh and understanding that you're not alone because we're all going through this together. I am Carrie Hartman with Girlfriend's Guide to Blending Families. You can find us on uh, Anchor Podcasts or anywhere that you look for your podcast. So thanks again. And we will talk to you all soon. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.